the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I'm your host, Nick DiGilio. I'm a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, a Saturday Night Live expert and historian, and each week we will look back at everything SNL. The best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. The title of this week's episode is, episode number 47, Conan O'Brien and SNL and Penises. Yes, that's right. Conan O'Brien and SNL and penises. Uh, Conan O'Brien. Um, you know, uh, American television host, comedian, writer, producer. Been in the public eye and in the business for a very, very long time. Uh, best known for hosting late night talk shows. He did that for almost 28 years, hosting late night talk shows. He started out uh, at uh, with late night uh, with Conan O'Brien in 1993, where he uh, won the spot that was being left by uh, David Letterman when he left NBC and went to CBS uh, because of the whole uh, Tonight Show debacle where Jay Leno got the Tonight Show and David Letterman didn't. You can read uh, all about that in, uh, in The Late Shift, which is a great book, and uh, you can also see the HBO movie, which is also a terrific movie called The Late Shift, to get all of that stuff uh, you know, about the Jay Leno-David Letterman uh, controversy all, uh, all under your belt. But uh, Conan O'Brien kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really knew who he was. No, nobody knew who he was. Uh, most of the public didn't. Uh, some of the people who followed, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live pretty closely knew that this guy was a writer on Saturday Night Live. And if you were a fan of The Simpsons, he wrote many classic episodes of The Simpsons. So when he got the gig, it was kind of a surprise. But he held on to that gig till 2009. And then in 2009, Jay Leno did another shitty thing. Um, well, he left The Tonight Show, uh, and Conan O'Brien was the heir apparent to The Tonight Show. And in 2009, didn't last very long, until a little bit into 2010, didn't even last an entire year, Conan O'Brien was the host of The Tonight Show for a while. But then Jay Leno decided, uh, after the failure, the bombing of his primetime show on NBC, that he was going to go back to The Tonight Show. And they screwed Conan O'Brien, and Conan O'Brien justifiably was pissed off, left NBC, and then a year later, went back onto t- uh, late night television with a show called Conan that was on TBS. And he did that for 11 years. Um, so th- that, was, that was his talk show. He was mostly known as a talk show host and, uh, and a successful one at that. And the entire debacle uh, concerning Jay Leno, who, uh, if you don't know um, by, my, by, my, by my gesturing and my voice uh, here, I can't stand Jay Leno. And, uh, and, and I think what he did 
to Conan O'Brien in 2009 and what NBC did is one of the royal screw jobs in the history of entertainment and that Jay Leno is a jag off. That's just my thoughts. So I happen to be a big fan of Conan O'Brien. I love the stuff that he wrote for The Simpsons. He wrote some really classic stuff for The Simpsons. And I really loved him on, uh, on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Taking over David Letterman's slot is a big thing to do. Um, I was one of those skeptics because I grew up with Letterman. David Letterman is one of my comedy heroes. And when I used to watch David Letterman, I watched The Morning Show, the David Letterman Morning Show in the summer of 1980 that was on NBC at 9 a.m. Central. I watched that every single day during the summer of 1980. And I had been a David Letterman fan since, you know, long before he got the, you know, the, the late night show. And the late night show was gospel for me. It helped me through high school. Um, he helped, David Letterman is one of those guys whose attitude and style uh, helped form my comedic sensibility. I love and worship David Letterman. He's still my favorite talk show host of all time who did stuff for people around my age and my generation that nobody was doing on TV before. And, uh, you know, stepping into the shoes of David Letterman was a hard thing. And at first I was a little leery of Conan O'Brien. And then I really started to like him as most people did. I am a huge fan of Conan O'Brien. I loved him on the late night show. I loved him on Conan uh, on TBS. I thought that was great. He has a podcast now, which we'll hear a little segment from. He's got a podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. He does a lot of travel shows now. He's, uh, you know, enjoying life, doing podcasts, appearing here and there. He jumps on TV shows. He writes for certain things. And that stretch of time when he appeared on late night TV as a terrific host, he made a huge impact, and he is a cultural icon, I think. Well, he got his start writing on Saturday Night Live. Now, you may have known that. Well, you're going to learn all about that in this episode. Conan O'Brien um, was a writer on SNL, and uh, it, was a, it was an interesting time. He was a, he was a writer uh, between 1987 and 1991, um, and uh, he got hired uh, uh, with actually a guy named Greg Daniels, who, had written, who has written a, a ton of stuff, including movies, and he wrote for SNL for a while. Very funny guy. You'll learn a little bit more about his writing. He got hired around the same time as uh, he and Greg Daniels got hired at the same time. And when they were brought in, they were brought into a stable of writers that included a, a ton of really incredible writers like Jim Downey and other, these, these other great writers um, from the late 80s slash early 90s, including Bob Odenkirk. And Bob Odenkirk uh, wrote um, for SNL for a few years as well. He wrote from 87 to 95. Um, and um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so Odenkirk... And, uh, and, and Greg Daniels and Conan O'Brien are friends, and they wrote. And a lot of those guys have, had appeared on Conan's show. Greg Daniels wrote for Conan when he got the late night show. And a lot of them wrote Odenkirk and Daniels and uh, Conan O'Brien. They were all the smart guys. They went to college in, you know, on the East Coast and spent a lot of time here in Chicago. Conan O'Brien lived with Jeff Garland, famously right in the shadow of Wrigley Field where the Cubs played for many years. And the connection between the second city, the comedy scene of, of, of Chicago, the comedy scene of New York, is, uh, is in, you know, inextricably connected to these guys. Um, and, uh, in the Saturday night live book, which again, I can't recommend highly enough. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't own a copy of live from New York, the complete uncensored history of Saturday night live told by its stars, writers, and guests by James Andrew Miller and Tom Shales. If you don't have this book, you should get it because it is for SNL fans. It's the Bible. It is the greatest recollection and book ever written about the history and the times and the stories behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. If you don't have this book, you should get it. There are many great Saturday Night Live books that uh, I've recommended over the course of, of doing 47 episodes of this podcast, but this is the Bible. It's the best one. And in it, they talk about Conan O'Brien's time at SNL. 
And I'm going to read from the book. I'll read a little bit from the book here before we jump into some clips. And this, by the way, is all leading up to one sketch in particular, um, a landmark sketch that is notorious for many reasons, some good, some bad, um, and has a great little piece of history behind it. And the reason why this episode is called Conan O'Brien and SNL and Penises is because everything that I'm doing here, telling you about Conan's time on Saturday Night Live, some of the things that he wrote, some of the experiences he had with certain hosts, and some of the behind-the-scenes stories, and some of the other cool sketches that he wrote, is all going to lead up to one particular sketch. And that one particular sketch aired on October 15th, 1988. And it's a notorious sketch, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But Everything that I'm going to be telling you about, the stuff that you'll be hearing, the interviews, the clips, some of the things that you may not have known uh, about the time that Conan O'Brien spent on SNL as a writer and sometime performer. He would pop up every once in a while, and you'll hear all about that. And, by the way, returning only one time as host. You know, Conan O'Brien, after years of being a very successful late-night host, he's only hosted Saturday Night Live one time. That was on March 10th, 2001. So, you know, it was like 22 years ago. It's been over 22 years since Conan O'Brien has hosted the show. He's only hosted one time. Now, he's made cameos. He appeared on the show February 4th, 2006, um, and he appeared February 26th, 2022, and he's appeared on specials, uh, you know, uh, here and there that are associated with, with Saturday Night Live. He's made a couple of cameos here and there, but the only time he's ever come back as host, and I will play clips from that, I will play his monologue, actually, from that, was March 10th, 2001. So... His association with Saturday Night Live was 95% writing. Um, and, uh, and I want to get to some of the stuff he wrote, how he got hired. We're going to talk all about that. But again, this is all building up to the centerpiece of this episode. And uh, it's an, it's, it's, it leads up to a notorious sketch that he wrote with, of course, the great Robert Smigel, um, who would also become a regular on Conan's show as Triumph, the insult comic dog, Robert Smigel, who was responsible for TV Funhouse. Robert Smigel is one of the greatest writers in the history of Saturday Night Live. One of the ballsiest, one of the craziest, who has done some of the most, um, you know, is responsible for some of the most uh, memorable and edgy and weird and cool shit that's ever been on Saturday Night Live. He's one of the best writers ever. And Smigel is also obviously hilarious. He's written movies, he's appeared in movies, and he is, of course, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, who really took off on Conan O'Brien's late night show. So, uh, but this sketch that we're building up to, penises, 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 that we're building up to, was co-written by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel. And we'll get to that again, October 15th, 1988. We'll get to that. But let's talk a little bit about how Conan O'Brien actually uh, got the gig and when he got hired and what it was like uh, on Saturday Night Live at, that, at this time. Here's a chunk of some of the stuff that they write about in the book that Miller and Shales write about in the book. Conan O'Brien says, I was always a nervous Saturday Night Live writer. I found being a writer on Saturday Night Live more nerve-wracking than being the host of Late Night and replacing Letterman. Greg Daniels uh, speaks. Conan O'Brien and I were a writing team at one point on this HBO show called Not Necessarily the News. And we did a packet of material for Saturday Night Live. And then we didn't really hear anything for about a year. And in the intervening time, we had gone on to different shows and then another show. And then that failed as well. We had an interview with Lauren, I remember. Um, when we went into the interview, he offered us wine and we said no. And we asked some questions like, how do you know that we'll succeed here on the show? Or how do you know that you'll succeed here on the show? He said, and, um, uh, you know, when we said you don't, we might not. 
Um, we left the interview, and Jim Downey, who was the guy that had brought us in, came up and said, how can you answer questions like that? It was terrible. Eventually, um, I don't know why, we ended up getting the job. And I think that uh, they said about 10 minutes later that, it, that we got the okay. Um, and this was more like big-time showbiz stuff, and we didn't really know the rules of, and that kind of behavior, so we were just kind of rubes. And I think we accepted the wine. We should have accepted the wine, at least. Conan says, Lorne kind of throws you into this pool. I remember very early on from the beginning in the uh, 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 bringing me into the room. Um, and when I was 26 years old, uh, and, and it's like putting a gun to your head and saying, who's the funniest person in the world? Now, I would have probably said Woody Allen or Steve Martin or Peter Sellers, one of those three. But definitely Steve Martin was like a towering figure in my comic worldview. And I remember Lauren pulling me into the room early on. Uh, Conan, what do you think? Steve and I are going to try to figure out some of these things. What do you think? And he wasn't afraid to throw you in there. People that you loved, people that you wanted to work with. He's not afraid to go, let's get Conan in here and maybe he'll have an idea. And that was one of the things that everybody talks about, that Lauren was always true to the writers. He always wanted to give even young writers, even young 20-something writers, a chance who were going to be working with their comic idols. You know, here's Conan O'Brien writing for this little show on HBO. Now he's writing for Saturday Night Live, legendary show. And he's asked, you know, by Lauren Michaels what he thinks Steve Martin should do. This was a big deal. Greg Daniels says Carl Weathers was the host the first week that we got there. And he'd been doing this movie called Action Jackson. So our introduction uh, to everybody was uh, when we had a screening of Action Jackson. And we and the cast sat in the back and made a bunch of cracks. I remember Kevin Nealon being very funny sitting in the back as well. It was intimidating because we were the new guys. And we were younger than most of the writers. And we did this thing that we'd close the door and go, okay, we're going to laugh like crazy. And then one, two, three, ha, 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 And people would hear that in the hall. And they'd come by and say, hey, you guys got something good? And we'd go, yeah, 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 just to keep our spirits up. I think my favorite host, other than Steve Martin, is Tom Hanks. I remember he'd stay up all night, and he'd write with you. I mean, literally, there was the walkthrough with some hosts where they clearly were just being paraded around and pretending to listen to your ideas, and they just couldn't wait to get back to their hotel room and let the idiots hash it out. But with Tom Hanks, he would actually roll up his sleeves. Sometimes you'd pass him. And it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and he'd be in the corner scribbling away on something, just constantly trying to make it better. That's what always impressed me. People would look upon us and, um, and say, uh, I can make this better right up until the moment we go to air. And he was, he was one of those guys that went along with that. Uh, some uh, hosts, not so much. Some were not so, uh, were not so pleasant to work with. But uh, Conan O'Brien got to work with a lot of really amazing people during that period between 88 and 91. And again, Tom Hanks always considered one of the greatest hosts by all writers and producers and anybody who's ever worked on the show. Um, Greg Daniels says, I met my wife because she was one of Lauren's assistants. This is Greg Daniels and at the first party there. She was very briefly uh, a Lornette. And then she moved over to become a, de a development exec at Broadway Video. So Lauren was very happy. Uh, in this kind of weird way that um, we had this office romance. And I don't remember exactly when he realized it was going on, um, but, you know, uh, people did know. People, people did know about it. And, and, uh, and, and um, he was saying that uh, he, it wouldn't have been a, there hadn't been a really good office romance since, oh, I don't know, Gilda Radner and G.E. Smith. Of course, there were more than that. I think one of the reasons Saturday Night Live, Conan O'Brien says, has been so successful is that almost brutally unsentimental about its past. It just keeps trying to find who's going to be the next person. Let's get him in here. What's the new thing? Let's do it. Let's not dwell on the past. Greg Daniels said, I remember Conan and I had a sketch that was supposed to be the cold open, and it was cut between dress and air. 
And we were kind of moping around. And then about 12.15, they realized that the show was running long and they didn't have time for another big sketch. So they came to us and said, all right, your sketch is back in. And we were so excited. And then we realized that it ended with Live from New York at Saturday night from being the cold open. So we ran down there and the music was on. The musical guest was playing. And then right after the musical guest, the sketch was going to start. And we ran down to the cue cards and we wrote a new ending directly onto the cue cards. And basically it was like broadcast news. We had one cue card to the cue card guy. We ran to the, the music ended. We started another cue card and gave it to the cue card guy. It was one of the most exciting show business experiences I've ever had. And then Conan O'Brien says, it's definitely like a my favorite year quality to it. I'll never be that young and, and naive again. There's something about it. It's like going off to war. SNL tends to uh, get you when you're really young and you haven't seen a lot, and it throws you into this world with lots of pressure and big-name stars and crazy situations, and you can't ever have that combination again, ever. No matter what happens to me now, and I've just been through as much um, as I am, and I'm still thrilled by many things that happened in my career, when I think back to the big Art Deco lobby and the first time being in 30 Rockefeller Center and the first time you hear live from New York at Saturday night and you're standing there and your sketch is about to come up and your heart's racing, I can see why it affects people so much. The magic to me is it's show business. It's ostrich costumes. It's people dressed as Civil War soldiers smoking cigarettes out in the hall. It's dance numbers. I want to be in show business. I want there to be a crowd. I want there to be high heels and high lows and high highs. They're supposed to be, that's supposed to be what it's all about. And Saturday Night Live, it's not going to get any more intense than that. And it did while I was there. So that's a recollection of Greg Daniels and uh, Conan O'Brien, who were hired around the same time to be writers on SNL. They worked with a lot of great people. Well, The Hollywood Reporter interviewed uh, Greg Daniels, and uh, they, they interviewed um, uh, um, Bob Odenkirk, who we all know from you know, uh, Better Call Saul and Mr. Show, spent a, a long time writing a lot of classic stuff. But Bob Odenkirk, Conan O'Brien, and Greg Daniels, they sat down, reflecting on their time as writers on SNL with The Hollywood Reporter. And here's a nice chunk of Odenkirk, O'Brien, and Greg Daniels chatting away. We had this opportunity to have a meeting with Lorne Michaels. I remembered him wearing sunglasses for a while indoors, which we thought was strange. And then he asked each of us our favorite cast member, and I remembered I said, my favorite's Kevin Nealon, because he's really dry and cerebral. And I remembered Lorne just nodding his head and clearly thinking, that is not the answer I wanted. <laughs> he asked us if, if we wanted wine, and we both were like, no, it's during work hours. We're not going to drink. And then he also said, can you guys guarantee that you'll do great on our show? We were like, no, we actually can't. It's, yeah, it's that's 50. not 50. Early on, we all worked on one called Mr. Short-Term Memory. I mean, wasn't that you? Oh, no, Greg, that was you in a restaurant, right? I you, think so. I, I don't know. You said something. I have no, I, I and then everybody. I, don't, I'm, I remember us all just working on that one. Greg had a great idea. Beauty and the Beast was the big show at the time. Greg thought it would be really funny if Beauty and the Beast went on a double date. And so oh, yeah. it's uh, Love It says another beast with Demi Moore. And I really loved it because the real beast on the show, he's so romantic and charming, he could overcome his physical flaws. But Love It's was just like, um, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. And so he's doing nothing to, <coughs> to compensate. That's a great sketch. I remember pitching to uh, Steven Seagal with Hans and Franz. Dana wanted to do a fight with uh, him. He kept saying over and over, I've never seen this show. I don't know what you do here, but if I do your sketch, I have to beat him up. 
I have to win. <laughs> and Dana was like, well, yeah, but well, it's a joke. I mean, it's a total joke. He's like, nope. He's kind of on the record, I think, for being one of the all-time. He's, he's in that worst. special group. There's the, there's the five-timers or eight-timers now. Yeah. I don't know what they are. And then there's the other group, the bad-timers. I went home for Christmas. I was in my parents' closet. This is okay. a few days ago. Were you hiding? <laughs> That's what it sounds uh, yes. like. We were, we were playing sardines, out in there. but uh, I was with my kids. Ran into the parents' closet, and there on the hanger was the uh, jacket from the 15th. Yeah. Wow. And I remember. I have that jacket too. Yeah. I remember thinking, wow, this show's been on the air for so long. <laughs> Right outside the writer's room are pictures, black and white photographs from the first year. And you see Belushi, and you see Coneheads, and you see all these sort of iconic moments from the first year of SNL. And I remembered in 1988, I would look at those and I would think, wow. It was 13 years before, but to us, at that time in our lives, 13 years was just, oh my god, look at these crumbling old photos. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this. We're here at the very end. You know? We're here to put this to bed. <laughs> and that's uh, them uh, talking about uh, their time on, uh, on Saturday Night Live. By the way, in that, um, in that uh, clip, Bob Odenkirk talks about how they pitched ideas to Steven Seagal. If you would like to hear... Uh, the episode uh, that I did entirely dedicated uh, to the worst uh, SNL host of all time, that would be Steven Seagal. Uh, that is episode 13. So if you were to, uh, to just go back and check out the archived episodes, I, this is episode 47. Go back to episode 13, the entire episode, which is an hour-long episode. Uh, I dive deep into all the details as to why Steven Seagal and that episode uh, why he was considered the worst host of all time. And there have been a lot of terrible hosts on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and I will be doing more episodes dedicated to those terrible hosts. But widely considered the worst host in the history of Saturday Night Live is Steven Seagal. And if you want to uh, hear uh, an entire episode that I did uh, dedicated specifically to that one episode, and Steven Seagal is the host, episode 13 of this podcast is something that you should check out. Uh, so anyway, so that's them, uh, you know, uh, talking about their time on SNL. And uh, they mentioned that, uh, you know, S you know, Conan O'Brien as a writer mentioned some of the people that he loved working with and some of the really cool hosts. Well, one of the most notorious hosts was George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner, of course, you know, the guy who ran the Yankees, who owned the Yankees. And um, he hosted Saturday Night Live in one of those many gimmicky ways that Saturday Night Live has done over the years where they just have like sports figures or people that don't know how to act or politicians on as some sort of gimmicky uh, casting. And George Steinbrenner, who so represents New York City in every possible way, and so does Saturday Night Live. It represents New York City in a big way. So they had George Steinbrenner on, and that was the time when uh, Conan O'Brien was still new uh, as a writer at that time and, uh, and still trying to catch his, you know, catch and get his bearings and figure out what's going on. So this was early into the time that Conan was there as a young, like, 25, 26-year-old writer who was still nervous about being at Saturday Night Live. Um, and uh, this was uh, this little clip that I'm about to play uh, is from the Howard Stern show back in 2019. This is in May of 2019 uh, when Conan was on uh, Howard Stern's show. And they talk about that time that George Steinbrenner hosted. So, you know, this this shows you the highs and lows of SNL. You talk about all this great stuff that they were talking about, the, the really cool things that they did. And then sometimes somebody like George Steinbrenner hosted, who is the polar opposite of a Tom Hanks. But anyway, here's Conan O'Brien talking to Howard Stern about that. 
George Steinbrenner is the host of Saturday Night Live that week in 1990 oh my God. or something, right? Well, basically, this is what happened. It wasn't even my idea. On Saturday Night Live, the monologue is the thing that rarely comes together until the last second. And often, you know, if it's a comedian, if it's, say, a Jerry Seinfeld or a Will Ferrell or if it's a John Mulaney, they have a great monologue or, or an Adam Sandler. They show up really well prepared. Right, they know right. the deal. But when you're dealing with someone who's a civilian, right. they don't know that the monologue is important. They also don't know that no one's thought about it <laughs> and that it's they're going to get jerked around all week until the last second. But and isn't that mind-blowing to someone like you? Who, you go like, oh my God, I've spent my entire life thinking about what I might say on camera at any given moment. And then you meet people who go like, hey, I'll just go on Saturday Night Live and and, and I don't care about the monologue. It's, 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 yeah, or the writers will... Well, they also, I think it's not all their fault because they assume that <laughs> they assume falsely that these are professionals. Right. They're going to take good care of me. And and we didn't. When I was at Turnout Live, we didn't always take care of people. Right. You know, we sometimes fucked up and we didn't take care of people. <laughs> You're so George Steinbrenner's on. Yeah. And this is George Steinbrenner. And he was at the a height of, you know, he's George Steinbrenner, the Yankees. He's the cliche that, you know, from Seinfeld. That Larry David played. We want to look to the future. We've got to tear down the past. Babe Ruth was nothing more than a fat old man with little girl legs. And we were all scared of him. We were all terrified. No one had thought of the monologue. And then there was some idea for a monologue that wasn't even my idea. And it it became like doing KP duty in the in the service. It was like someone take care of this. And I remember Lauren saying, Conan, go talk to go talk to Steinbrenner and, and pitch him this idea for a monologue, you know. And I don't even remember what the idea was. And what I didn't know is that he had been pitched this idea already and said no. <laughs> so I remember I went in and Bob Odenkirk and I were like the young writers, we're kids, we go into this room, I have to do the talking. My voice was even higher then than it is now. And I go in and I'm like, Mr. Steinbrenner, um, yeah, so this is idea for the monologue where you like come out and you lost the keys to the car and you think maybe, you know, <laughs> and he said, I, I, I told you, I told you I don't want to do that idea. I already said I don't want to do that idea. And I remember, what I remember is he had this massive World Series ring. Biggest <laughs> ring I've ever seen in my life. Big, thick and fingers. He's big, yeah, and he looks like he has about 60 pounds of corned beef in his colon. You know, one of those big, <laughs> yeah, beefy guys. big German guys. He's like, I don't want to do this. And I already said I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And so I just, Odenkirk and I retreat out of the room, and our testicles had gone up inside our bodies. And we go and we tell Lorne, and we say to Lorne, he doesn't want to know and went, you know, you just have to go back. You just have to go oh. back and tell him. You just have to go back and tell him, look, it's a good idea, and you, you've lost the car keys, and then, and then, you know, it's a funny thing, and he'll understand. <laughs> and so Lauren just wanted this problem to go away, so he sent us back. Oh. So we go back into his little dressing room. So he's even bigger because he's in a tiny space. It's like we're getting into a phone booth with George Steinbrenner <laughs> to tell him unpleasant news. We go into this tiny room. He sees the two of us, and I go, Mr. Steinbrenner, um, okay, well, <laughs> we just think the thing with the keys could be funny because if you think about it, and Steinbrenner just turned around and said, I took a freak, I want to do it! I already said I don't want to do it, and I'm not going to do it! <laughs> and Odenkirk and I shit ourselves and disappeared <laughs> from the room. Like, we, we literally went right through the wall like ghosts, and I don't think we spoke for a week. Right, so that's, that's a, a little experience that Conan O'Brien had working with uh, George Steinbrenner. And and again, those those times that you work on SNL, you never know what the host is going to do and how they're going to be. Uh, Conan, you know, Conan O'Brien would go on to be more comfortable and write some really great stuff. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he was also the doorman uh, at the very first Five Timers Club. I did an episode on that as well, you know, which is the all the hosts who have uh, who have um, uh, hosted Saturday Night Live five times or more. They belong in the Five Timers Club. And when you host for the fifth time, they have the sketch at the beginning, normally, usually, where they are uh, brought into the Five Timers Club. They get a smoking jacket and they get to hang out with all the other legendary hosts of Saturday Night Live who have hosted more than five times. And Conan O'Brien, you know, during the time he was there, he played the doorman at the Five Timers Club. He appeared in other uh, sketches as well. He would pop in here and there. Um, and um, and uh, one of the sketches that, uh, that he wrote which is one of my favorites. In addition to Mr. Short-Term Memory, which we talked about uh, uh, on this podcast before, that's Tom Hanks, a sketch that he wrote for Tom Hanks, that they wrote for Tom, for Tom Hanks. Uh, he's Mr. Short-Term Memory, where he doesn't remember things two seconds after you say them, or he does it. Very, very funny sketch that Conan O'Brien came up with. Well, he and, um, uh, he and, uh, and, and Robert Smigel and, um, and Odin Kirk and those guys came up with an idea to write uh, the 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 Smigel thing, uh, uh, which was the the girl watcher sketch, and this was again Tom Hanks, who, as we talked about, uh, you know, in the book, Tom Hanks was there all the time. He would work until three or four o'clock in the morning and write sketches. And they wrote this sketch with uh, Tom Hanks uh, <laughs> in mind and John Lovitz, and they play a pair of dorks who are self-deprecating, who talk about how ugly they are, how non-charming they are, how stupid they are. And uh, it's them watching girls walk by and them attempting to talk to girls or not attempting to talk to girls. And it's just these two losers standing on a street corner or on a boat or on a cruise or in a bar watching girls walk by. And it's hilarious. Not only is it funny because John Lovitz and Tom Hanks are hilarious as these two dorks, um, but also very, very funny material. And this is vintage Conan O'Brien. This is the kind of stuff that Conan O'Brien really wrote. He, he wrote a lot of self-deprecating stuff, and he was very, he's always been very self-deprecating um, and conscious of his looks and make, making fun of himself all the time. And this is quintessential Conan O'Brien, and it's one of my favorite sketches that he wrote while he was with SNL. And just this is the very first time they did it. I love this sketch, so I'm playing it. This is the girls, the very first time they did the dorky girl watcher sketch. This is um, from February 20th, 1988, season 13, episode 12. Tom Hanks and Randy Travis was your musical guest. Tom Hanks was your host. This is John Lovitz and Tom Hanks, and Kevin Nealon shows up late. This is Girl Watchers from 1988, uh, written by Conan O'Brien. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. 49th and 1st. Excellent corner for scoping out the bay. You said a mouthful. Whoa, stop the presses. What have we here? Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Not interested in me at all. No reaction whatsoever. You know it, brother. Way too pretty for this hombre. <laughs> yeah. Boy, here comes another line. Oh, hey, mama mia. Hello. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Out of my league. Mine, too. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't give me the time of day. Well, looky here. But me see. Good evening. And good night. Yow! 
Not even I contact. <laughs> the ladies just don't like me. To say the least. My face is just too wide. Yeah, and my hairline can't be helping either. I'd be hurt and disappointed if it didn't happen so often. So true. Whoa, babe alert! Oh, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> like we didn't even exist. Completely indifferent. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't even that attractive. But still out of my reach. A sad comment on my life. Yours and mine both. <laughs> the good Lord gave me this body and there ain't no changing it now. Amen. Yeah, this old head's just way out of proportion for this body. And these eyebrows come together in the most unappealing way. Truly sad. Okay, here we go. Bottom of the ninth, two out, full count. Strike three. Oh, we are out. Why did we even try? We have little sense of fashion and we can't even lure them with money. No way. We've got low-paying jobs with no hope of advancement. And worse yet, I make poor conversation. I hear ya. Excuse me, fellas, but this is my corner. Ooh. No problem, amigo. We were just calling it quits. No luck? You know it. I make fun of you guys, but I am just one sad sack myself. Small consolation. Oh, yeah. Let the games commence. So that's, uh, I love that sketch. And I've loved it every time they did it. They did it uh, four times, uh, that sketch, and um, when Tom Hanks hosted uh, Tom Hanks, three, I'm sorry, three times. Uh, it was Tom Hanks and John Lovitz, uh, usually Kevin Nealon Payman. And in fact, Conan O'Brien played a doorman in one of the sketches. And Conan O'Brien played a doorman a lot. Um, and again, uh, he, he would appear here and there, popping up in, uh, in sketches, um, you know, as a, as a, as a utility player. Uh, but he only came back, as I said, he only came back to host one time. And that one time was a solid show. Um, he was the host. Don Henley was the musical guest. It was on March 10th, 2001, season 26, episode 14. Um, and I'm going to play his monologue from that. And you'll hear like him talking about you know, his history on the show. And then you'll hear like a long musical interlude. And during that interlude, when you'll hear the audience laughing, they are showing clips of him in sketches with a little arrow pointing to him being way in the background of sketches and not having lines. And also at one point being the ass end of a horse costume. So that was him. You couldn't even see him because he was the ass end inside a big uh, a horse costume. Um, and, uh, and that's part of the monologue. And then he takes people on a trip 
you know, because at the time he hosted, he was still, you know, at the time he hosted SNL, he was still doing late night downstairs in the studio. So that's the whole bit. The setup is he does the monologue, talks about SNL, uh, and then takes uh, some people on a tour of, uh, of his studio and then discovers something. Uh, in his studio. So that's the idea of the monologue. I'm going to play it here. This is from March 10th, 2001, the one and only time that Conan O'Brien hosted. Um, and uh, Don Henley was a musical guest. And here is, mon- is his monologue from that night. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Hold it, hold it, all right. You keep that up, the dirty sketches get cut. All right. There's no time for them. Thank you very much for watching the show. I love you too, sir. Uh, Thank you also, uh, you people, for being here in the studio audience. That's very cool that you're here. And just so you know, for those of you in the uh, studio who might have missed the ending, just so you know, there's, there's no tension. The final score was Orlando Rage 27, Las Vegas Outlaws 15. So there you go. Isn't that exciting? Wow. I love fake enthusiasm. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a really big night for me. Uh, As some of you may know, I, uh, I started out as a writer right here on Saturday Night Live about 10 years ago. Yeah. And the whole time... The, to- the whole time I was here, I, I really, I-, I just yearned to be a performer so much. And every now and then, they'd let me play a really small part, you know? And I'd get a few seconds of that sweet on-camera glory. Conan time, I called it. <laughs> no one else called it that. Anyway, uh, but it was, you know, small parts, but I, 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 you know, I did the best I could. Uh, let's take a moment now to review some of my fine work. <laughs> Obviously, a lot's changed since then. I have my own show now, the 12.30 show, the late-night show. And in fact, in fact, uh, the studio we tape my show in is, is right here in this building, Rockefeller Center. It's just two floors down from where we are now. And well, would you like to see it? Because I'm so proud that I have my own studio. Would you like to see my... I think it'd be really... I think it'd be cool. Let's go see it. Let's go see my studio. I think this would be really neat. Come on, it's going to be fun. Let's go. This is really... It's cool, you know? Take people down. Hey, Tracy. My man, C.O.B. What up, dog? Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, show the audience my, uh, my studio. Do you want to come? Yeah, no doubt. I- I've never seen a television studio before. Well, great. Come on. This is going to be cool. Let's go. This will be great. It's going to... You'll, you'll love it. Hey, look, Japanese tourists. Hi. Yeah. Cool, yeah. And they have no idea who I am. Uh, we're going uh, to go down to my studio. You want to see my studio? Let's go. Come on. It's neat. Let's go down to my studio. In my country, I'm a very big celebrity. Yeah. 
That's right. I have my, uh, I host my own show, but now I'm hosting this other show tonight that is very rare in America. Only uh, me and Lisa Gibbons. It's a very rare honor. Come on, this is, uh, you're going to love this. It's right around this way. Isn't this great? You're going to love it. It's, it's beautiful. Going to C.O.B. studio. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are we going to be on TV? Uh, well, Tracy, you're on TV now. Really? Yeah. Brooklyn in the house! Who's up top construction? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, come on, folks. Let's keep it uh, moving, all right? Hey there, life-saving paramedics. You want to come see my studio? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Great. Hey, how about you, heart attack victim? His loss. Let's go. Guys, just... Hey, what's my mom? Mom! How are you? my mom what are you doing here i came to see you on saturday night live but i got lost oh well i i found you that's the important thing mom i'm just taking all these wonderful people in to see my studio do you want to come i'd love Let's, to yeah you've sweetheart. never seen it before we're very distant yeah uh, get your hand off her tracy all right let's go this is great you're gonna love it this is my studio 6a where it all happens you're gonna love it this is really cool this is just uh max Oh, hey, Conan. Hi, Mrs. O'Brien. Uh, okay, yeah, all right, great. Uh, no, 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 Max, uh, you know, he does this on the weekends. Uh, we'll take a little break. When we come back, Don Henley is going to be here. Musical so, cast, uh, uh, stick around. We'll as right they back. walk into Conan's studio and they get to his desk, Max uh, Weinberg, obviously the leader and the drummer of, uh, of his band, is on the desk, naked, having sex with a woman. And that was the payoff. So that's the monologue. They did a little acknowledgement of it. By the way, I would like to say um, that that uh, monologue was followed by a Jared Fogle bit. <clears throat> you know, subway guy, lost all that weight, kind of known for something else as well. That's, that'll give you a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of, retro, of, of retrospect here and looking at uh, perspective as to when that took place. So there was a Jared Fogle bit after that. Um, and also in that he played right. He played right. Said Fred uh, in a sketch. I remember that as well. It was a. It was actually a pretty solid and very funny episode. But that opening bit, acknowledging his writing and acknowledging what he did, very funny stuff. So that's the only time he ever hosted SNL, um, and you know has great memories of it and all of that stuff that we talked about. How he got the gig, working behind the scenes, the writing stuff, his favorites. You know his favorite hosts, his least favorite hosts. All of that we've talked about leading up to. Conan O'Brien, along with Robert Smigel, writing one of the most notorious and classic Saturday Night Live sketches of all time. And again, the reason why this episode is called Conan O'Brien and SNL and Penises is because Robert Smigel and Conan O'Brien are responsible for the nude beach sketch, which is sometimes called the penis sketch, which featured Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick was the host. The Sugar Cubes was the musical guest took place on October 15th, 1988, which would be season 14, episode two. It was the second episode of the season. Matthew Broderick uh, was this shy guy who is trying to be uh, comforted by another guy, played by, uh, played by Dana Carvey, because it's his first time at a nude beach, and everybody there is nude, and they're all walking around naked. And uh, the setup is Dana Carvey is trying to make uh, Matthew Broderick comfortable and saying, hey, it's okay to be part of uh, this nude beach. Everybody does the same thing. Um, and we're all going to be naked and so on and so forth. And it's such a comfortable, comfortable environment that, you know, we can all just openly talk about being naked and openly talk about all of our penises. And that's what the entire sketch 
is basically about. So it's Matthew Broderick, Dana Carvey, and then Dennis Miller is in this sketch, which is very odd because he very, very, very rarely showed up in sketches and stuck mainly as the anchor to Weekend Update. So it's even weird that he's in this sketch. Kevin Nealon, John Lovitz, and then Nora Dunn and Victoria Jackson are also in this sketch. And it all takes place in the nude beach. And the idea was, as a writer, as Conan O'Brien Robert Smigel wanted to do, they were like, how many times can, get, can we get away with saying penis? Uh, how many times can we do this? Can we actually write a sketch like this? So Conan O'Brien was uh, talking on his, um, his, his, his podcast called uh, Conan Needs a Friend. He was with uh, Sona Mausasian and Matt Gorley, who appear on his, on his podcast as regulars, and he talks to them about stuff. And they were talking about uh, the times that Conan O'Brien got to meet Johnny Carson. He got to meet Johnny Carson and talking about some of his favorite old Johnny Carson bits, one of them being Art Fern, you know, uh, the movie uh, host, the TV movie host. Uh, Art Fern, uh, he, would, he, he talked about that and how he had this thing where you, you, if you were looking for a certain business, you would drive here, they would give you directions, you would get off at the Slauson cutoff, you'd get out of your car and you'd cut off your Slauson, which is a classic, you know, uh, double entendre bit that Johnny Carson used to do every time he did Art Fern. So here in the episode of, um, of Conan Needs a Friend, this is um, Conan O'Brien talking about Slauson, the Slauson cutoff, and the Johnny Carson bit. And it gets into a setup for something else, which is what we're talking about now. But here he is, uh, Conan O'Brien, um, with Sona and with Matt on his uh, podcast, talking about Johnny Carson, and it leads into a discussion about what we're talking about right now. Still, you know, yeah. this is years and years after he retired. So that was nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I have that memory until I lose it. <laughs> Slauson is penis. Yes. Oh, okay. In yeah. this case. Yeah. Yes. It's a street. I wish, though. you know what? Oh, yes, I know the street. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I think Johnny would have loved it. Had you been on set, he would have loved it because he loved people like you. So I'm not even yeah. kidding. No, if he you, didn't. No, no, no. I'm serious. If you had been on set, he would have loved yeah. if he'd said, get out of your car, cut off your Slauson. And if you had said, wait a minute, is Slauson penis? Now, of course, that would have shut down the network in 1974. Oh, but still, I wonder when he would have thought to that was penis. really funny. Yeah. Um, oh, it was when Saturday Night Live did that sketch at the nudist sketch, wasn't it? That was the first time you were allowed to. And I worked on that sketch. Well, there no, was, you what didn't. are you talking about? Yeah. You're yeah. You're a penis uh, pioneer. Yeah, in, uh, in, Robert, that, in that sense. Robert Smigel, uh, it was, it, he was the lead person on that sketch, but I worked on that sketch with him and wrote a song at the end, the penis song. Standards came in. I think it was actually the great Rick Ludwin, and they just said, there's no way you can do this. And oh. we were arguing that, like, it's part of the anatomy. You should be able to say penis. Of course, now, it seems like the most tame thing in the world. I know. But you, you know? get weird when people say vagina. So oh, you would don't be do like, that. oh, okay. Don't so do that, censor yeah. vagina. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, please. No. Please. Well, we, we, gotta, we gotta just shut that down. I had no idea you were the penis guy. Well, uh, first of all, you should know that I, I know have quite, you quite a reputation. <laughs> 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 of course, my nom de plume is dickhead. <laughs> But also in, in some parts of Europe, I'm known as the penis man. <laughs> Everyone calls me something different. There you go. Um, so that's hilarious. So there it is. It came up and he said, yes, I worked on it. And it's the nude beach sketch, which is what this entire episode has been building to. They've had a lot of controversial moments over the years. But um, what holds the record for the most complaints in the history of SNL is not the Sinead O'Connor it's not some of the other things that happened. It is, in fact, the nude beach sketch. It aired October 15th, 1988. 
Uh, and uh, by this point, the writers of SNL were well-versed in pushing the limits of TV and what you could say. You know, the N-word the and profanity had already made it onto the show, um, although the F-word was, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, was, was not scripted. Um, so uh, there's a sketch entitled Nude Beach. It had been floating around the Saturday Night Live writer's room for months, uh, written by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel. The concept was simple. A man visiting a nude beach for the first time is welcomed by a group of regulars who, in casual conversation, comment on each other's genitalia. And the running gag was, say the word penis, which was then a big taboo to say on television, uh, and say it as many times as possible. Well, they did it more than 40 times. Um, <laughs> and the censors were not happy about it. Um, uh, they just said there's no way that you can do this, Conan O'Brien said. Initially, Nude Beach was written for the January 30th, 1988 episode, which was hosted by Carl Weathers, but the censors struck it down. Then it was revived on October 8th, the week before it actually aired, for a show with Tom Hanks, who loved the sketch. Again, it was cut after rehearsals, but then they made some minor tweaks, and it actually aired on October 15th with an episode that was hosted by Matthew Broderick. Uh, former censor William G. Clotworthy explained why he eventually uh, gave the nude beach the green light. His book, Saturday Night Live, Equal Opportunity Offender, which, by the way, is a fantastic book. If you have not checked that book out, William Clotworthy, uh, who was once the censor on Saturday Night Live, it's a great book from his point of view, from the censor's point of view. If you've not read this book, it's called Saturday Night Live, Equal Opportunity Offender by William G. Clotworthy. You should definitely check it out. I had him on my old radio show twice, a great guest and a great book. Clotworthy said, we, de uh, we debated hotly with the Broadcast Standards Department. Uh, they thought it was distasteful um, and obscene, and I said, it's not obscene, and he fought for it, actually. Nude Beach featured a lot of SNL's biggest stars at the time, including Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, and a rare non-weekend update appearance by Dennis Miller. As I said, they greenlit it. Um, and, uh, and they did. And so, uh, the reaction to the sketch was, uh, immediate. Reverend Donald Wildman, who we all know was the founder of the American Family Association. He was shocked and appalled by the sketch's content. Of course, Reverend Donald Wildman, uh, was a guy who would get as much press as he possibly could by bitching and moaning and protesting anything that was even remotely edgy at the time. Um, and his organization had a history of conservative activism, um, uh, including boycotting Sears in 1978 for sponsoring objectionable TV shows like All in the Family, Charlie's Angels, and Three's Company. This guy was a real piece of work, this Wildman guy. Real piece of work. So Nude Beach drew his ire. He organized a letter-writing campaign among his followers, and more than 46,000 complaints were sent to NBC, the majority of them stemming from Wildman's efforts. Um, uh, they also took a, a hit on the corporate level because of the sketch. Um, Lauren Michaels said, we lost Toyota. We lost two or three big sponsors because people would say, whoever has a dealership in Mississippi is calling central headquarters uh, and they're going, there are people outside protesting. Why are we sponsoring this show? Still, Nude Beach underscored what Saturday Night Live did best. That's pushing the boundaries of comedy and taste. Years later, New York Times reporter Bill Carter noticed that the sketch put SNL back in the news again for its outrageousness. At that time, it wasn't really being as outrageous as it once was in the 70s. So we can thank Conan O'Brien and we can thank Robert Smigel for the nude beach sketch, for putting them back on the map, for causing the most complaints in SNL history, and for bringing the edge back, and for breaking the record for the amount of times Anyone has said penis or sang penis, the word penis, in a four-and-a-half-minute sketch. 
It is 44 times. It could be a little bit more. It gets a little bit uh, hard to count once the song kicks in. But it's well over 40 times that the word penis is, uh, is used in this sketch. So building up this entire episode, talking about Conan O'Brien's work on SNL, his great cameos, the one time he hosted, all the really cool and memorable sketches that he wrote and the jokes that he, w- that he was a part of, leading to his great, great career as a late-night talk show host and more. Well, his career at Saturday Night Live is almost always remembered for this sketch, the Nude Beach sketch, which aired on October 15th, 1988. Here it is. Uh, come on. Is this great or what, huh? I don't know. I, I feel a little self-conscious, Bob. I mean, I've never been to a nude beach before. Oh, come on. Will you stop with this? You have nothing to worry about. Everybody at this club just hangs out here. Everyone is here just to relax. That's what it's about. Really? Yeah. Come on. Believe me, in five minutes, you're going to completely forget about it. All right? Okay. okay. I'm going to introduce you to some of the guys. Let's go. Thanks. All right. Come on. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, hey Bob. <laughs> hey, penis looks great today. <laughs> well, thanks, Jack. Yours, too. Hey, Bob. Hey, Ted. How's your penis? Not bad. <laughs> Good. Hey, I'd like you guys to meet uh, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi, guys. Hey, pretty small penis there. <laughs> you can huh? pick a lock with that penis. <laughs> hey, that's okay. There's plenty of guys around here with small penises. In fact, Bill's got one. Hey, Bill, come on over here and show him your penis. <laughs> Bill, hey. this is Doug. Hi, Doug. Hey, Bill. <laughs> so, I guess you got a pretty small penis. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's okay. I hear it really doesn't matter to women. Yeah, I read that too. Okay, you guys, enough with the small penis talk, huh? <laughs> hey, guys, you want to see my pictures from Barbados? Yeah, sure. All right, there I am with some friends on a catamaran. Penis looks great. Yeah, <laughs> Here I am playing tennis with my dad. Hey, you've really got your dad's penis. Yeah. And by the way, Jack, what have you done to your penis? It looks super. I go to this place in Long Island. They do great work. Yeah? You got, an, you got an address? Sure. Give it to you. Oh, yeah, I'll write it on my penis so I won't forget it. So, Doug, where are you from? Montpelier, Vermont. Ooh, cold up there. Must be <laughs> tough on your penis, huh? No, you're from Denver, right? Yeah. Good penis town. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey girls. Gosh. Hey, who's the new guy with the penis? Oh, that's Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi. Hey, pretty small penis. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, thanks. Hey, Dave just made a great sand penis. You ought to come down and see it before the tide comes in. All right, that's great. Yeah, it's got testicles and everything. Yeah, well, check it out. Yeah. Great, great. See, Doug? You have nothing to worry about, huh? Yeah, I guess not. Hey, who wants to say the club anthem? Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, I'll start. I once had a penis sing to me his penis, penis song. And when that penis, penis sang, here was the penis that song. He'd sing me penis, 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 penis all day long. Hi, I'm Kevin Nealon. What you just saw was an attempt to make an important point that wherever you go, no matter how you look on the outside, we're all pretty much the same. You know, when the NBC standards department was dissolved and the censors let go, we welcomed it as an opportunity to deal with these issues like these in a frank way. You know, and to be honest with you, we're a little disheartened by the snickering we heard during this presentation. 
Kind of makes us wonder if there's room for serious discussion on these subjects on television. So to those of you who missed the point, grow up. Really, come on. Penis, 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 penis song. Penis, 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 penis all day long. Penis, penis, penis. There it is. The legacy of Conan O'Brien on Saturday Night Live. I'm nine years old. I love that sketch. I think that sketch is hilarious. A lot of people love that sketch. Uh, the great Robert Smigel, who obviously would go on to more incredible things and work with Conan O'Brien as Triumph, the insult uh, comic dog, and much more. Uh, they were the guys responsible for that. Uh, it caused an uproar. It caused complaints. And it broke the record for the amount of times that you said penis on television. And to this day, it's legendary. And again, if you want to check it out, it aired October 15th, 1988. Matthew Broderick was your host, The Sugar Cubes, again, if you want to be dated. They were the musical guest. It's season 14, episode 2, and you can check it out online or on Peacock, which you can see a lot of the stuff that, uh, that, I, that I play here in a lot of the episodes. Check it out on Peacock. You can check it out at uh, the uh, SNL YouTube channel or at NBC.com, where you can see a lot of the sketches that I talk about. Conan O'Brien's time on SNL was a great period, short period of time before he took off as a late-night host comedy legend. And he also is responsible for lots of penises. So there you go. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for checking out this podcast. Uh, a new one airs every Wednesday. You can also check out our live streaming service here. 24 hours of streaming service. It's like radio only cooler where you can hear all uh, unsigned bands and great music. And you can hear all of the podcasts available at Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network. And that's radiomisfits.live, where you can hear this podcast every day at 9 a.m. Central. And you can hear my other podcast, an entertainment interview podcast, review podcast called the Nick D Podcast. You can hear that every day at 3 p.m. Central as part of um, radiomisfits.live. My thanks to uh, Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits for doing it. Uh, And my thanks to you. If you want to be a part of this podcast with your suggestions for SNL topics and SNL episodes coming up, I'd love to hear from you. 773-417-6948 or email me, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs did all the great music that you heard at the beginning. He does all the music for both my podcasts. But he did the great opening theme and this great closing theme for this show as well. Thanks again for listening. I am Nick DeGilio. This is That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. See you next time, right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow.